Hey mama, this is Motherhood Grace, a podcast dedicated to taking care of modern homemakers. I'm your host, Kate Markovitz, a mom ready to rewrite the motherhood narrative with you. I'm fed up with conventional mom culture. You know, the one where mom is the exhausted martyr of the family and only values her worth by her busyness or how much she sacrifices in the name of motherhood. It's time to reclaim our motherhood and our lives. We are women worthy of feeling and being confident, energetic, and joyful. I'm here to provide tools, resources, and the community you need to thrive in your motherhood. You've totally got this. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Motherhood Grace podcast. I am your host, Kate Markovitz, and I am really excited to chat through today's topic of a postpartum support plan. (laughs) Um, It's a lot to say, and it is something that I really, really, really wish I had done before my daughter arrived. It's funny how a first-time mom really focuses so much on baby, uh, having the right clothes, the having everything packed for the hospital, um, getting the nursery set up. And then when the baby arrives, you realize, geez, all of these things that I thought mattered so much actually don't. And some things that I now don't really have the chance to think through that truly matter, it becomes those become the burning flames and the fires that you have to put out. And I really want to bring this up as a topic to help moms that are pregnant and allow them some time to think through some of these things, discuss with their partners or support team, whoever is going to be there with them through this transition. And even if this is your second or third baby, I think it's really nice to have a little guideline for what you should be thinking about before your new little bundle of joy arrives. And if you aren't currently pregnant, maybe you're not having any more babies. That is currently the camp that I am in. I think that we as mamas can take on the responsibility of helping our friends and family that are currently pregnant or looking to get pregnant and just letting them know that this is a really great way to bring new life into the world, to feel confident and prepared and enjoy the transition into motherhood rather than feeling like it's survival mode. And I have actually created a curated list for the soon-to-be parenthood journey, and it's a free PDF. So if you go to motherhoodgrace.com slash support plan, you can grab the PDF. I am going to walk through it today. If you just want a further, deeper dive, if you want to think through some of these things, I will talk through some of them and why I think these questions are important, add in a little bit more about my experience, but that's really what this episode is about. It's providing you a resource and it's a free resource to just think through before your little one arrives. And again, if you already have had babies and you are done with your babies, pass this along to someone you know is pregnant and just let them know that this is available for them. And it's something that they can work through with their partner. um, So then they can get excited. So the postpartum support plan is meant to be done with your main support partner, whether that is a spouse, 
um, a boyfriend or girlfriend, if it's a mom, if it's someone else nearby that's going to be helping you. But I think it's really important to talk through differences. And this is truly where the parenting journey begins. I'm going to talk about this as a parenting journey because a lot of moms within my community that I speak with are doing parenting um, with a spouse, but please note that this can be applied to anyone, but I just want to make sure that when I'm just using that language, that is the, um, the avenue that I am coming from. And what I really love about a postpartum support plan and just talking through some of these things is that you open up communication already. That's one thing that I think a lot of women especially struggle with is open dialogue and communication, especially during struggles and challenges um, or doing it in a respectful way. Sometimes we end up communicating, but it comes out a little harsher than we really want it to. And so this is going to give you the opportunity to negotiate and compromise and talk through and, and also help strengthen your partnership. That's a big thing I've been thinking about lately is that you and your spouse are a team in this. This is a true partnership. It's not a competition. And a lot of the dialogue that I see in social media posts and things like that is this almost like competitive nature of you know, look how much moms do. We're taking on all the role, this, that, and the other. And instead of saying, you know, we're partly to blame for that, right? I hate to say it that way, but if we don't have open dialogue and communication, if we don't ask our partners for help and we are expecting ourselves to do it all, then we're going to feel resentful. We're going to take on a lot of that responsibility. And I think opening that communication before the baby arrives is really, really helpful. So let's just go through this postpartum support plan. Again, if you go to motherhoodgrace.com slash support plan, you can grab your free PDF that you can just print at home. This is a hefty little guide here. It's actually 10 pages long and it can really help you. So the first thing is thinking through the baby and or siblings. So your real family dynamic. And the first category is feeding. So thinking about how do you want to feed your baby, right? In an ideal world, how important is, let's say, breastfeeding. Uh, breastfeeding was really, really important to me on a scale of one to 10. I would say it was like an eight, nine, maybe even a 10. I really wanted to do that. And I had to communicate that out. It ended up not working out, which was a huge blow to my ego. So I want to encourage you to, no matter how you choose to feed, hold it loosely you are dealing with another little human being and sometimes your will to control is not always going to be stronger than the will of another little human, right? So um, thinking through your feeding, are you going to pump? What type of pump are you going to get? Where are you going to get it from? How are you going to store the breast milk? What type of bottles do you ideally want to use? Are you going to have two different types just to maybe see which one the baby responds to better. Um, if you do end up needing help with feeding, who are you going to get help from? That's something I wish I would have thought through a little bit more before Charlotte had arrived. And I do have a reminder here that getting support early and knowing where to turn to lessens the overwhelm if you 
end up needing that support. So seeking that out and just maybe having a little list, like here's the lactation consultant at the hospital, or here's a lactation consultant my friend recommended, um, is going to say, okay, if I have trouble with feeding, I can go right here. And then also, and this is a really important one, how can your partner help with feeding the baby? A lot of moms end up doing it all, especially if they're breastfeeding. But I think it's really important to allow time for your partner to help with feeding and whatever the way that was. We ended up having my husband, we called it daddy diaper duty. So he would start the process of feeding. We would always like change her diaper and get her warm and cozy. And he would snuggle with her and then hand her off to me so that I could feed her. So how can your partner help through that feeding ritual? The next section talks about sleeping, thinking about where's the baby going to sleep for the first few months during the day, maybe at night. Um, is there anything that you need to make the baby's sleep environment safe or more conducive to a great night of sleep? When the baby wakes in the middle of the night, because the baby is going to wake in the middle of the night, who is going to take care of the baby? Are you going to alternate shifts, alternate days? Uh, how are you going to support each other in getting sleep and making sure that you as the mama are getting sleep, especially when you are breastfeeding and being the primary caretaker, you need your rest too. So how are you going to carve that time for you to sleep? Even if you're saying, you know, in the afternoons from like one to four, you're going to take a nap or something, just making sure you're carving out time for you. Then we get into diapering, thinking about how you are going to diaper, whether it's going to be disposables, cloth diapers, a mix. Where will you change the diapers? Do you need anything in those changing areas? So do you want to have a separate garbage can? Do you want to have wipes in each little area? Do you want to have just a caddy that goes with you? Um, who's going to change the baby when you're together? So remember I said that it was daddy diaper duty. My husband really took on that responsibility a lot of the time. Who's going to get rid of the dirty diapers or provide the clean ones or wash the covers if you're doing cloth diapers? So you would think it's a simple oh, we're just going to do disposable diapers. But there's a lot that you even have to think through. And I think um, having a little routine in your mind before the baby arrives is really helpful. It may work, it may not, right? But you've taken the steps to prepare for it. Which reminds me, I forgot to mention the affirmation at the beginning of this podcast, but the affirmation for today is, I am prepared and ready for postpartum. I'll throw that, sprinkle that in here through the mix. And then finally, thinking through siblings and pets. So this is, if this is not your first baby, um, have you been preparing your other children for a new sibling? Maybe thinking about feeds when the new baby is here, which takes up a lot of time in those first few months. Will you have a, like, I've heard of a sibling basket, which basically has little special things in it to entertain your other children while you are feeding. So what are you going to include in there? Are you going to have boundaries on it so that those are only special things for when the baby is feeding versus something that can be accessed throughout the day? Again, these are just ideas, not saying that you have to do or any of these things are right. Um, who is going to care for your other children, especially in the early weeks? So as much as you can, are you going to have 
extra support? Can they go to relatives or neighbor's house during those first few weeks to get out some wiggles where they're obviously going to feel like my whole world has shifted. My mom's taking care of this other baby. And then this is really important. I actually do this even though I have one child um, is creating at least 15 minutes a day in the schedule for each parent. So for us, it's like 30 minutes a day of uninterrupted time. So for this case, it would mean like no baby, no screens, and you get to spend time together, ideally individually. I know a lot of bigger families where that might not make sense. So maybe it's just playing a game all together for 15 minutes uninterrupted. We do a lot of like book time. A lot of times I'll ask her what she wants to do. She always wants to play. So we usually end up playing some type of imaginative game, but Trying to carve out that connection time, especially when there's a new baby and that new baby takes up majority of the day, carving those 15 minutes nap time when the baby goes to bed at night, maybe early in the morning if the baby sleeps a little bit later. Also thinking who is going to transport children to activities? How can you seek out help there? And then who will care for your pets? Um, Also thinking about like labor and delivery and when you may be out of the household for a couple of days, what kind of support are you going to have? So that was the section about siblings and kids and what's going on with that new baby. And remember, I am prepared and ready for postpartum. Now we're going to move on to household items. <clears throat> and so thinking about first up, laundry. Laundry. It's still a battle, even though there's only three of us that live in this house. So who is going to wash the baby and the kid items and put them away? Who is going to wash parent items and put them away? Assign it out as a chore chart for the first couple of weeks, at least six weeks, possibly the first three months. It may develop into a rhythm and routine that you end up really, really liking. One thing I will say for laundry that has helped me tremendously is a delayed start. Um, And so our old washer at our old house did not have this, but I think a lot of the newer models do where you can delay the start time of your washer. So we do one load a day and we I typically start it for about an hour before I usually wake up. So then when I wake up, I can move that over to the dryer Typically, when we're eating breakfast, I will go in there and fold it and put it away. So we have that really nice established rhythm. And I wish I had that when I had a newborn because just having that routine and just knowing that it was going to get done even gives me peace of mind. So that's one thing that if you have a washer or a dryer or anything on delayed start, we actually do the same thing for the dishes. Then you can just go through that and make sure that it works for you. Um, I don't remember if I have dishes on here, but also with the dishes, I like to run it. That's like the last thing I turn on before we go to bed. And then when we wake up in the morning, those are clean and they can be put away again while I'm like getting the rest of breakfast together. So thinking about the household, I want you to write a list of all the items that have to get done and who is going to do them. Make a list of items that you can delegate out and who is going to be doing those. 
And then items that you can let slide for six weeks. So what are things that are not like super critical that have to get done within those six weeks? And just let those go for the first couple weeks while you are healing. So thinking about three different categories, items that have to get done, items to delegate, both of those make sure you're signing, and then items to let slide for six weeks. Also with the household is thinking about returning to work. So when will your partner return to work? Um, so this was unique for us. My husband was in a very demanding job when we had Charlotte, who's actually not home most of my pregnancy, which was a blessing in disguise because I was sick all the time. And I think I would have been humiliated if I was like throwing up all day in front of them. Um, but we ended up having the baby on Wednesday and we did not get him home from the hospital until Saturday. And my husband was back at work on Monday. So he was only really home the first days that I was in the hospital. I think if you, if it's possible to try to have two support people there for like the first, at least week, maybe two weeks can be so tremendously helpful. And then how will you make that transition to work? When are you going to return to work if it's, if that's applicable? How are you going to make that transition? I had a very like loose maternity leave. Um, I did not truly start going back to work until Charlotte was about four months old. And even then it just, it was really difficult. It was a hard transition to make because I had been working from home up until that point and was very used to a flexible schedule and had a really hard time adjusting with like another human to that. Um, so definitely thinking through some ideas of how you can return to work and what will you need for that to happen. Are you going to need a daycare? You have to get a spot in a daycare pretty quickly. Uh, who will do drop-offs and pickups and thinking through those details. What days of the week? Are there going to be any days that maybe you can have grandparents watch the baby? I have a lot of friends that do a hybrid of like daycare, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Mondays, grandparents have them on Fridays. So trying to think about how can we be creative in this childcare situation for work. Going into healing for the postpartum phase, I really want to emphasize how important it is to think about nutrition and food for those first six weeks. I'm going to go through some different ideas here. So you could prepare meals ahead and store in the freezer. You could order prepared meals ahead of time and freeze them. Organize a meal train. Think about how long is that meal train going to go on. Prepare meals daily yourself. Prepare meals daily with help or take in or take out. You know, decide how many times a week or do a combination of the above. I honestly struggled with this part. Again, I know I've talked about my pregnancy being difficult, but I could not prepare food in the state that I was in. And that really made postpartum hard. So I wish I had more prepared meals. I wish when people said to me, how can I help? I would have asked for just, could you pick up lunch? Could you make a lasagna? You know, something where they could provide me some of the nutrition piece because I ended up just snacking a lot, eating 
things that were not super nutrient dense. And I think my body really suffered for that. Think about who is going to do the grocery shopping, who is going to be in charge of the cooking. Maybe you really love the food piece. And so when you're when your spouse gets home from work, they take the baby and you get to prepare dinner. That might actually feel like a treat for you, right? Also, it's important to make a list of at least five of your most favorite easy nutrients nutrient-dense meals that you can prepare or have prepared for you. Um, I think this would make it super easy if you have like links to some of your favorites and you can say to people, hey, how can I help? Oh, you know what? This is my favorite soup recipe. Can you make this for me? And just send them the link. That's It takes the guesswork out. People want to help. That's the big thing. A lot of people want to help you, so allow them to do that. And then if you are freezing meals ahead, when will you cook the meals to freeze? Try to put that on your calendar as early as possible. Maybe just cook double batches of the meals that you're making now and just start a stash. Thinking about it before it comes down to like the month before the baby comes and you might not want to be on your feet that much can really, really help. Also going back to sleep for a second, thinking about parents' sleep, talk to your partner about how much sleep do you need to feel rested and how much does your partner need? And then think about how can you get as close to possible to that sleep quota? Does that mean you have shifts for taking care of the baby, naps, maybe sleeping in? Is someone able to allow the other one to sleep in a little longer if that person is on charge for taking care of the baby in the middle of the night that night. Maybe that means sending kids to the grandparents on the weekend so you can try to catch up on sleep a little bit. And think about where you will sleep, especially right after the birth, because stairs could be a challenge. So maybe you want to get something comfy cozy for the couch for the first couple weeks. Um, I actually did that. I slept on the couch for like way too long and it was not very comfortable and like totally wrecked my back. I wish I would have slept upstairs earlier. So that's just a little note. And then also thinking about how does that change when your partner, whoever is going back to work first, how is that going to change the sleep situation? Again, talking through these things. And remember, I am prepared and ready for postpartum. Okay, I know I'm taking a long time, so let me try to speed this up a little bit. Also going into healing, thinking about movement. Oh my goodness. It drives me crazy how exercise is marketed to postpartum moms. But I want you to think about what is your biggest recovery concern and then what is your favorite gentle activity or exercise? So for me, that's walking. I really do enjoy, enjoy a nice walk outside in good weather? And what is your favorite activity or exercise in general? So so acknowledging that there's gentle ways to move your body, there may be more intense ways to move your body. And then I, when do you want to start or resume activities? Of course, you want to consult with your care provider and be cleared for activity. But that may not it may change, you know, it may, the six week mark might come and you're like, I am not ready for this, right? And then what do you need to have in place for these activities to, to actually happen? And most importantly, how will you know if you are overdoing it? Is your, 
like learn to listen to your body. Don't just say I'm putting this on my calendar. And so that's what happens. Maybe think about the past. I know when I overdo it, I tend to get headaches. My muscles don't recover. It's really hard for me to sleep. I'm like ramped up. So those are some signs to me that I'm overdoing it. In the postpartum phase, I would bleed more. So like if I was on my feet a lot one day, I would have more bleeding. So you might want to look for signs like that as well. Mental health. This is one of the most important pieces. The next two things are really, really critical to talk to together. So for mental health, have you ever experienced depression or anxiety in the past? Answers for both you and your partner to all of these. In times of stress, I tend to think really honestly, when, when you tend to get stressed out, what happens? What helps you during your times of stress? In times of sadness and loneliness, I tend to fill in the blank. So what happens when you tend to feel sad or lonely? And then what helps you during those times? Knowing this about your partner, knowing this about yourself is going to allow you to look for those signs in each other and maybe keep this plan open to that page so that you are looking for it. All right. Connection is really some of the last pieces here. And remember, I am prepared and ready for postpartum. So connection to self. Birth is a huge life experience. So what are you going to do to process that birth? Both for you and your partner. Are you going to go to therapy? Are you going to journal? Are you going to tell the story to friends and family? Are you going to write a blog post or a social media post? What are three activities that are 15 minutes or less that help you feel like yourself and feel refreshed? Maybe that's taking a bath, taking a shower, going for a walk, listening to music, meditating. Um, My husband would say shooting his bow. Like what are some things that help you feel refreshed? What are some things that you can look forward to perhaps once a week and then maybe once a month? So maybe once a month you want to go to the spa, get a facial or massage or get your nails done. Maybe once a week, you know, again, it's kind of going back to those smaller activities. Maybe you get alone time where you have two hours to yourself. And then what needs to happen or what needs to be in place to make sure that these activities happen? And then how important is it to you to connect and see others? For some people who are extroverted, it's really important to see other people. For others, they can kind of go a little bit longer without that connection. All right, for your partners, what is your favorite way to connect with each other now? And what are three easy ways you can connect with each other emotionally? So thinking about love languages there is really, really helpful. In what ways will you support each other? And if you are feeling overwhelmed or needing alone time, how will you communicate this to each other? Again, so you don't take it personally, talk about this beforehand. And then each share, what is your greatest concern about what happens in the postpartum period? Finally, connection on the parenthood piece. What is your parenting philosophy or approach? Maybe you've never thought about it. Maybe you say to each other, I haven't even considered this yet. That's okay. (laughs) Trust me, the first like six months of life, it is not about parenting. It's about 
keeping the baby alive and fed and going. (laughs) What do you do currently when your views do not align? What can you do to find agreement when your parenting philosophies don't align? So my husband and I definitely butt heads a couple couple different ways in parenting, but we have learned to either talk through them. And sometimes I say, she will learn that that is your boundary and she will learn this boundary for me. And it's okay that we are not exactly the same. What strength will you bring to parenting? And what are you nervous about parenting? And then there are just some final questions for general support. I'm going to read through them with hopefully no commentary because this is longer than I wanted it to be. But let me just read through these. Who will be the primary caretaker of mom during the first six weeks? Who would be a good person to be a gatekeeper or people manager? Who do you want to be involved in your support over the postpartum period? What do you want helpers to take care of for you? Who are the three to four people who always make you feel loved and supported that you can reach out to? Will you have visiting hours? What can you say if you need visitors to leave? Is there anyone you do not want to be around during the first six weeks? Ask your gatekeeper to navigate this request. And who would you like to see during the first six weeks that may make your days happier? Think about all your different circles, work, school, hobbies, church, exercise classes, etc. And then there's a list for you to write out easy access for professional help. So like your caregiver, your OB office, a chiropractor, a doula, like to research and write out some of their contact information, maybe different support groups, and then a couple of my favorite books and resources. So that is the postpartum support plan. I know that it's a lot, and I think that working through it little bit by bit can truly help set you up for a successful postpartum or at least a supported postpartum. So I just want to end with that affirmation one more time. I am prepared and ready for postpartum. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I will catch you again next Monday. In the United States, there are 12 prenatal visits. An infant is seen seven times in the first year. A mother is seen once at six weeks postpartum. With the Postpartum Grace Guide, moms check in daily, creating space to slow down and navigate motherhood with support and encouragement. Full of uplifting messages, a daily affirmation, journal prompts, and opportunities, plus words of wisdom from other moms, the Postpartum Grace Guide is the perfect tool for any mom within the first year of motherhood. Learn more about the Postpartum Grace Guide at motherhoodgrace.com or on Etsy. Remember, moms deserve better.